If your primary relationship is with that shared Google calendar, then that might be a time to reassess like, okay, where am I putting energy right now? Am I reaching a limit? And there's no shame, you know? Like we may have an infinite amount of love inside of us, but we only have a finite amount of time and energy. Welcome to Wild and Sublime, a sexy spin on infotainment, no matter your preferences, orientation, or relationship style. Based on the popular live Chicago show, each week I'll chat about sex and relationships with citizens from the world of sex positivity. You'll hear meaningful conversation, dialogues that go deeper, and information that can help you become more free in your sexual expression. I'm sex educator Karen Yates. This week, how do you know when you have too many partners? Our panel discusses. Keep listening. We will be taking a holiday break soon, but things will still be shaking in the afterglow, our Patreon membership site. All members, no matter the level, enjoy many benefits, such as monthly Q&As with sexperts, merchandise discounts, my audio creator notes, announcements, and more. Benefits start at $5 a month. The link to join is in our show notes or at wildandsublime.com. If times are financially tough, but you'd still like to help out, consider forwarding this episode, writing a review, or telling your friends about us. Thank you so much for your listening support. Hey folks, abundance is wonderful, but when do you have too much of a good thing? For those of you in non-monogamous situations, you may from time to time have wondered that. A Patreon member in a Q&A this past summer posed a question about polysaturation, and you'll be hearing from our knowledgeable experts as they respond. Our panel today, sex therapist Heather Shannon, kink and relationship coach Peter, a.k.a. Makes Things Happen, and psychotherapist for love, sex, and gender rebels, Matthew Amador. Enjoy. Ginger writes, this is a great question. How does one know when they're polysaturated? And if one feels polysaturated, is it common to still be looking for new experiences with new people? And for those of you out there who don't know what polysaturated means, it means when you are polyamorous and you have more than enough partners and the term is polysaturated. I do love that term. Like that term made me smile when I saw it in the question. Yeah. Good job defining that, Karen. Matthew, why don't we start with you? Sure. So when I think of polysaturation, let me just back this up. When I think of relationships in general, I think a lot of times we think of relationships as being made of different parts, like our friendship relationships are made of different parts than maybe our romantic relationships or our working relationships. And I don't think that's always the case. I think there's a lot of common parts between all these things. We can have daddy issues, for instance. They can pop up with our partners. They can pop up with our boss. They can pop up with our employees. So I want to kind of establish that because I think when I think of polysaturation, if we think about it in like a, like a one-to-one in the work context, we're talking about approaching burnout. We're talking about being in a situation where, uh, where things are, are feeling a little overwhelming. They're getting close to, to being maxed out if they aren't already maxed out. And that is a difficult place to be in. It's difficult to recognize that you're there and it's difficult to kind of take yourself out of like the routine and out of the rest of the world around you that is helping you kind of become a part of this orbit, which makes me also think like, okay, is it common to still be looking for new experiences with new people? Oh yes, absolutely. It's common because how often do we keep doing, keep making choices that might negatively impact our health, even when quote unquote, we shouldn't, we get stuck in habits. We get stuck in routines. We have a lot of choices, which just 
honestly, why, why wouldn't they make us feel better? They've always made us feel better before. What's special about this time? And maybe with some perspective, with a, a set of outside eyes, or maybe down the line, we'll be like, oh, yeah, that time, yeah, I probably should have said no back then. But it's hard to know when you're in the moment. So absolutely, is it normal? It's a perfectly normal reaction to keep wanting to date people, even if you're feeling polysaturated. I actually thought about Peter when I heard this question. I was like, oh, Peter will have good things to say. Because it reminded me of one of the conversations that we've had before. So how does one know when they're polysaturated? You've mentioned, you know, being energized. So I think looking at that, like, are you still feeling energized by the idea of, of dating, of new partners on whatever level or whatever way that looks like? Or is it feeling more draining, you know? And I, I'm thinking also of a, a client I've been working with because sometimes it's so interesting hearing people like, oh, we got this going on and we got this going on. We got a new business. We got new partners and, you know, this and that happening in life. And I'm like, oh man, like, you know, my mind would be like exploding, but they're kind of like, no, it's good. You know, I'm learning a lot. I'm growing a lot. So I think looking at that, like, are you learning? Are you growing? Are you still having fun with it? Yeah. Maybe you're kind of like, man, this is a lot, but it's cool still, you know? So I think looking at that and then the, is it still common to kind of look for experiences with new people? Yeah. And, you know, speaking as someone who's monogamous, it's like, yes, you know, I'm, so I'm monosaturated. <laughs> so I, I get the idea of being saturated pretty quickly, actually. Um, but I love meeting new people. Like I love, you know, that experience of, of new energy. And so maybe even looking at like, what are other ways to find that, that, maybe aren't like that committal, you know, maybe it's just like going to events where new people will be there. And it could be like a one-off event or, you know, picking up a hobby that, you know, just doesn't really demand anything from you, but it's there if, and when you want it, you want some of that new energy with those new people. So those are kind of some of my immediate thoughts on it. And sometimes you also don't know until you've crossed the line. So I guess, I guess I'll just add that, you know, like any kind of boundary we set for ourselves, like, I can only handle, you know, this many partners, two partners, three partners, whatever. And then like, Ooh, but I met this other person. I like really, really like them or it's just kind of evolving or whatever. And then it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to try to have one more and see, and and it might be like, Oh, it's too much, but you might not know until you cross the line. Yeah. And that line could move, right? It sure can. Week to week, month to month. Yes, absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. Okay. Peter, lay it on us. I am shocked on how selfish everyone else is on that answer. Shocked. How does it make me feel? Do I, am I feeling energized? Am I feeling, I'm kind of kidding. But the reality is, is you're polysaturated. You can clearly define when that happens, when you are not living up to your commitments to your other partners. Which depends on the partner, could look many different ways, but you're not living up to the time commitment. You're not living up to the emotional commitment. You're not living up to just showing up for the relationship. I currently have three partners, long-term, five years, three years, two years. And it's important to me that they feel special. They feel that they're important to me. Uh, and every one of them will say that they had know each other, they met each other, we've all hung out, all good stuff. And I'm sure if you pull them aside and go, why the heck are you with this guy? <laughs> He's such a blank. <laughs> uh, they will say that, you know, he makes me a priority, he makes me feel important, which is something that's important 
to me. I know if I add another person to the mix and I play with other people and I date and I do all this stuff. And those are people I see on a regular basis, but they're not a part of my DS relationships, but the poly, my anchor partners is what I call them. I don't call them primary or secondary. I think that's problematic. So they're my anchor partners. And everyone who is involved with me knows that they're my anchor partners, know they're not going anywhere, know that they're my quote unquote priority. And the second that one of them feels they're not getting what I committed to, to the relationship, and it's an individual personalized conversation, so I'm not talking about specifically time, they have the right to step away. They have the right to go, this isn't working for me. And Heather, you and I have talked about that. I need that level of consequence. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I feel my marriage failed was that if I didn't put in 100%, there was no consequence. (laughs) Ultimately, I got divorced. That was the big picture consequence, but there was no consequence in the short run. In the poly situation, making sure that they feel how I want them to feel is the work. And if I add someone else, I don't feel I have the capacity to do that. Hence, I'm saturated and I'm going to fail either at the new relationship or one of my current relationships. So in this case, as opposed to sounding selfish, it's about me and my needs and everything, or or a better word for selfish, insert, you know, better word for selfish here. This now is all about your community, your partners. You know, I'm saying, hey, I bring all this to the table. (laughs) Well, now I got to (laughs) deliver. And now it's the act of delivering. And if you can't do it, you have a problem. And if it's because you're sniffing around for other people, you're failing. (laughs) You're seriously failing in your commitment. Well, I can appreciate your viewpoint. And it also strikes me as severe. (laughs) Severe? How so? Well, it's, it's very, it's very black and white, but I get it. You know me. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. And so like, I appreciate it because it's super like, you know, and I would say that another aspect is like kind of a flexibility. I mean, Matthew's talking about, hey, situations change. You change month to month. Knowing what you can, and this is something of what you're saying, Peters, what can I actually reasonably deliver on? What can I actually be engaged in? Like I met someone who's like, look, the only way I can engage with you is as a play partner right now, period. I cannot be, you know, quote unquote, more. I can only Mm -hmm. be a play. And that was super clear. That person knew their saturation level. And knowing that for yourself, it's about self-knowledge. You know, it's about who am I? And as Matthew was saying, you know, our issues spread across the board, you know, and if you feel you need to keep feeding yourself by like going after partner after partner, and I've seen all sorts of polysaturation. I've seen people who look miserable with their Google calendar. They're just like in misery with their multiple partners. Just, you know, Monday it's Sammy and Tuesday it's Janine. And I love it. But yeah, but you love it. I've seen people just look like death warmed over with their. I would say if you find that you're not able to be present with the people on the calendar, if your primary relationship is with that shared Google calendar, then that might be a time to reassess like, okay, where am I putting energy right now? Am I reaching a limit? 
And there's no shame, you know, like we may have an infinite amount of love inside of us, but we only have a finite amount of time and energy. Right, right. And I think about, I really do, I think about Polly a lot of the way I think about my friendships. I've got, you know, the intimate core people, you could call them anchor friends, right? And then if I meet someone really cool and new, I don't want to like shut that potential friendship off, but it's, it's going to start out real slow. If I have a very full life, it might be, let's just have coffee, see what happens. I don't know. For me, it's more of an organic experience about where people fit into my life. Mm -hmm. I like that way of looking at things because I think relationships in general, like you're saying here, and whether it's, you know, romantic, sexual, platonic, family, career stuff, we can't control it. I think we can kind of have an intention, but like who does come into your sphere and how do you feel in that moment and how, you know, full is the calendar and how empty is your tank? I I don't know. That's exciting to me, honestly. Like the idea that it's like, we don't know. It's going to be like a fun surprise. And I think it's just being very present moment and like showing up and being honest moment to moment and communicating and see if that works for you and the other person or not. Yeah. I've had plenty of individuals go, uh, no, thanks. You know, I want to be number one or uh, you won't have time for me or try to put me in a position to justify uh, why I have all the partners or how I could possibly find time for them. And those type of questions lead me to believe that they're probably not the best person for me. Uh, so it goes to it, it, these type of things kind of help early on, once again, to avoid issues. And just because they're new and shiny and very exciting doesn't necessarily mean it's the best call to add them to your community. We have been talking in this tonight really about doing the work, self-awareness. How do we locate ourselves in relationship? These are like the core critical questions of sex and relationship and kink. It's like, this is, this is it. What is our relationship with ourselves, right? How to show up in relationships now? How do you show up as yourself? How do you show up with other people? I think it's even all the more prescient now being where we are with the pandemic. How do we show up? What's our capacity like? Is our capacity now different than it was 18 months ago? Is our ability to hold space with other people, is it just different? Like we're all navigating different things. Uh, we're, we're navigating a different way of being in this vessel that is our body. And yeah, it's not easy for any of us. You know, It's harder for some people, sure, some days. Easier for other people, some days, sure. I hope that each of these people who wrote in have a big, big piece of uh, compassion cheesecake that they are cutting for themselves right now. I love that. I agree. It's so like relationships are not easy and like showing up and doing the work is painful much of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's humbling and, you know, especially being a therapist, you know, I don't know how the rest of you feel about this and being someone who does the work. Sometimes it's like, Oh my God, I still have this. (laughs) I still have this obstacle, you know, like for me, it's been a lot of like the anxious attachment stuff. And I'm like, it's like 5% what it used to be, but it's still there, you know? And when it pops up, I'm like, Oh, you again, you know, but just like, can we keep showing up even when it's like, Oh, okay. We're psyched. Cause we, we all tend to cycle through the same types of issues. I think Mm -hmm. that pop up in relationships. So just, yeah, that compassion is so important to just be able to show up still. I find a lot of people don't do the work, uh, mainly because there's really no motivation to do it. 
There's no guide saying, hey, you need to be centered before you go out and and intertwine your life with someone else. And that's and it's a skill. It's not something you just know. And there's no um, natural, organic uh, way for someone to come across that information. If they go to a therapist and the therapist can give them the tools to do so, that is fantastic. Doesn't mean they'll execute it, but at least they're understanding the right path. So go therapist. <laughs> but uh, I find when I am coaching or when I'm talking to a potential new partner or play partner, and I ask these questions of "Tell me what you're looking for," "Tell me what you bring to the table," and I literally ask that question, <laughs> black and white, Karen, black and white. <laughs> and some people are absolutely turned off. Some people have no way of answering it because they've never been asked. And some people answer it in a super clunky way. But that part is OK, because that tells me they have been at least trying to do some self-discovery. And that I find intriguing, that I find appealing, that I find attractive, to be honest with you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Heather Shannon. Peter makes things happen. And Matthew Amador. For more information on Peter, Heather, and Matthew, go to our show notes. The holiday season is upon us. If you've been enjoying Wild and Sublime, consider a one-time gift in our tip jar to help us meet the expenses of producing this podcast. The link is in the show notes. Wild and Sublime is supported in part by our Sublime supporter, Full Color Life Therapy. Therapy for all of you at fullcolorlifetherapy.com. Well, that's it, folks. Have a very pleasurable week. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who might be interested in this episode, send it to them. Do you like what you heard? Then give us a nice review on your podcast app. You can follow us on social media at Wild and Sublime and sign up for newsletters at wildandsublime.com. I'd like to thank associate producer Julia Williams and design guru Jean-Francois Gervais. Theme music by David Ben Porat. This episode was edited by the Creative Imposter Studios. Our media sponsor is Rebellious Magazine, Feminist Media at rebelliousmagazine.com. Ooh.